not going to find a lot of channels. I'm a nuts oldies, right? It's the only movie version of Green Grass Aggressors. Yo, they did it again. Green Grass, Green Rose oh. Aggressors. Oh, oh God, fuck. And I think okay. that that title has nothing to do with this film. I mean, they're in a marsh. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of Mr. Show. If they could call it Flippity Do, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 crazy British farce. Uh, green grass aggressive. So go ahead, hit that link. Hit pause. Move to zero zero zero. What am I not pronouncing the name? Green. Pronouncing isn't the right word. You're using different words. <laughs> green grass. The grasses grow. Right. Green grass. The grasses. Nineteen fifty-one. That's what you don't put in the YouTube search engine. Listen. So we did the introduction. We told them where to go. They got the link. We're about to launch into a pre-recorded interview Carl did with a celebrity comedian. Who yeah. is going to launch us into the movie? So yeah. we have, yeah, and then we'll be watching the movie, and at the end, I will sing this fucking song. All right. So what Thank a pack. Pack. You know, most of these bad movie podcasts, Carl, they're two hours long because they talk about the movie. Ours is two hours long because we talk over the entire movie. Right. Right. Much better. Okay. All right. So we're gonna kick this off, Carl. I am obviously very animated and excited to see this movie. So. Let us meet Carl. With He's going to talk to a celebrity comedian. We'll learn about the celebrity comedian, and then they will do the countdown. And when they say go, hit go, and we'll see you then. I'll see you then. Take it away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Bahe Ho. Welcome, Bahe. Thank you so much. Fantastic to be here. I'm Mike Spiegelman. I'm on this interview too. I'm a good friend of Vahe, and I'm glad to have you on the celebrity comedian countdown portion of our show. Usually, Thanks. these interviews are conducted by Carl. We're gonna pick your brain, Vahe. I know Vahe is a comedian in San Francisco, a very funny comedian, and also probably one of the best showrunners. Has the best show, better than Cheaper Than Therapy, better uh -huh. than The Punchline. Better than anything you're going to see. In fact, it, it's baked in the title, The Best of SF Stand-Up Showcase. Uh, Vahe, what led you into doing this? How did this happen? The show? The one yeah. that we've been doing for eight years? Um, well, I always knew I kind of wanted to have my own show because it's kind of nice. It gives you a lot of artistic freedom to experiment in whatever way you want because nobody can tell you that like they don't want you doing that, um, except the audience. And the audience hasn't told me that. Like, the audience, you know, we've developed kind of a, a little bit of a following of people who, like, know where the show is every Friday, and they come back, and we feature the best comics in San Francisco, like Mike. In the title. The yeah, it's right there in the title, and uh, it's fun. So how did it come about? Yeah, I just, I just, um, well, we did a show for Variety, and then I approached them afterwards, and I was like, because it went so well, it was awesome. And uh, I was like, hey, do you want to work on, like, a regular show? And uh, they said, yeah, and so we did that. And it wasn't through, like, without, like, their great cooperation, it wouldn't be possible because, like, we certainly went through a lot of rough and rocky times. And I think, Mike, you were probably there for many of those. Yeah, uh, I should say, full disclosure, I worked the door for Vahe uh, for several years. The Variety Theater is one of the best theaters. It is one of the weird hidden gems in San Francisco. It's, it's a critics uh, theater screening room. Where for during the nineties I went once, uh, but they all you all the critics would see the movies there, and it's run by the Variety Theater, which is a charity group that does these charity runs and does the Vahe's live show. Now, what got you into comedy, though, Vahe? I mean, what was the reason? What was your voice? 
Um, so always as a as a child, like in school, I was like making people laugh and trying to like be silly. I was like always like the silly kid, you know. And uh, I think I was always like trying to, because there was a lot of seriousness around me all the time. I felt like I think I grew up in a, like a serious environment and stuff, and uh, I was trying to like break through that. And then in high school, I did some like on stage stuff, and it went like really well. So then I was like, oh, I really like this. And then I moved down to San Diego and I started making trips to like the Laugh Factory. Um, but there's a comedy store on Pearl Street that I would go to um, sometimes and like some other stuff. And at that time, I think I was like 17 when I went up at the, the Laugh Factory the first time. And I told this story on Zoom. It was funny because like I went up on stage, I was really nervous. And uh, I went to the bathroom beforehand. And uh, I, so I then I go up on stage and uh, everyone starts like laughing, and I think I'm doing really well. But it turns out my zipper is down. I didn't. Zip my pants <laughs> Classic, right of passion, right of uh, comedy. Yeah, and then the guy, you know, uh, what's the guy's name? Like Jamie, whatever. I, I went up and like talked to him after that, and I don't even know if he saw because I think he would have mentioned something about the zipper being down. Like you know how he gives advice to people. So he told me like do comedy. It was either a hundred more times or a thousand more times, and then come back. So in other words, don't come back for like a really long time. But I think it was cool that he like. Uh, uh. To take him out of a B-boy experience. That's one. Hi, yo. That's one. What's man. up? How you like me now? With double K, check it out. How you like me now? I don't know. That's one. How you like me now? Hey, yo, my mellow double K. How you like me now? Well, I don't know. That's one. How you like me? Coliseums, man, the kids shine so bright you sneeze when you see him. He still hasn't changed, trading records for per diem, guaranteeing new additions to his wax museum. Man, I've seen it, his collection grows, it's quite incredible. Hunting down them records like the damn things were edible. In this context, he's too complex, you're edible. Y'all motherfuckers only produce poetical perfection and hypothetical selections for your general public, expecting a soft subject. Man, it's medical touch, not budget, but worth it. Impregnates the track, jump back and then burn. Worth it, what is born. Now his word plays all day at that fancy daycare over by UCLA. While he sits at home making beats, drinking the Heine, putting new brakes on drum pads like Monarchy. I finally seen him one day chilling with his group. He was eating at a cholo, sipping tortilla soup. I said, This, yo, I'm feeling all them old jazz loops. Can you make me up a track, man? I got a little loot. He said, Thanks, but don't thank me. Thank the forefathers. They deserve the credit. Now there's nobody bothers. I paused. That's it. True, we took a sip of his stew. He said, I'll Dig you up a beat like Super Mario 2. I was like, word, dude, I'll pick up the check. He's like, don't bother, pull up a check. They introduce you to my partner. Ready, set, go. This man's a vet pro. Call him humble, call him psycho. His mother calls him Michael. He might go loco. If you faking, perpetrating, tricking off and fresh hating, you can see the best play in the field. Look, he's real and ill. What a combination. Seen him signing up soldiers to start his new rap nation. He said time is wasted, and I can see it in his eyes. He was fed up with the politics, whack beats and lies. Heard a lady say, and brothers was pumping their fists on some revving out sharp shit. Better now than not to talk shit. He walking in like them GUI 
why games mind frame and revolution and you know he got solutions not worried about pollution afraid for his art form matter of fact he's kind of shook up his people want the hook up his people better look up because it's about to go down like the thrill when the night's over and never sober when he is he's kind of mean loves his hot hats clean stays on the fly rap scene he's a fighter and a lover reminds me of danny glover telling y'all it ain't no other he don't spit hot bars him and his friends hot bars personality rock star slash activist after this i'm gonna sit and think about what i learned i can still hear his voice and smell the booty he burned he said earn respect learn to respect and you'll succeed true indeed then i gave him a pound he said he'd break it down and sell it huh? how you like him now how you like him too because that's the homie show that's one and yeah ha! What's going on, Mutiny Radio listeners? Oh, we got a a new mic stand for the mic here, so it doesn't fall over the, all over the place. That's that's awesome. Um, <laughs> you're tuning into Old Soul Radio. This is MC Pause, DJ Jima, and we got some very special guests today. Um, coming up later, Liv and Vanessa. Two homegirls from Sacramento who, Vanessa lives out here now, but live currently still in Sacramento, uh, but we'll be interviewing Liv Styler. She is a writer, journalist, hip-hop enthusiast, and all-around amazing person that we're going to talk to and, uh, you know, jump into her brain and see what she says. And uh, we'll be playing some music in between as well, along with some some of Liv's favorite songs. Maybe Vanessa, too. We'll see if we're nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's been a good... Well, it hasn't been a good week, but it's been an okay. It's been a good week overall. Because... Uh, I lost my car. Check, check. Somebody, oh, that's right. Yes. You did somebody stole car. my car. So that sucked. No word on the whip yet? And the last time I had it was a week ago tonight. Damn, a whole week ago now. So I don't know if it was one of y'all listening, waiting for me to leave, go home. Don't be bipping cars. Taking my good old whitey. I Fucked miss up. it. You took Martin. With the whole sticker on the you back. You took Paz's whitey. You took my whitey. Now I gotta kill you. But um, please, if you do have it out there, can you please return it? Cause I just want to say goodbye. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just sad that I couldn't even say goodbye. It's just, you know, it's just like a sudden death. 
Can we get a ritual? Can we get a ritual? I need to do my proper farewell, please. So come to 2781 21st Street. Drop it off. No questions asked. (laughs) Just bring it back. That would be awesome. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we got Jima in the place. What's up, Jima? What, what, What were you doing earlier? I was at the Stern Grove festival stern grove uh, live was there as well live yeah and uh yeah and uh we were we were there saw santa gold or sorry santa gold as she as she corrected everybody up santa gold <laughs> santa yeah. gold yeah, i <laughs> uh, was there she she rocked that shit fucking dick over an hour what is, so what is she is she a dj a singer no, she's, she's, she's rapper she's yeah producer she got music dude. she got her own music <laughs> i know i know of santigo but no, santigo she got her own music bro she's icon icon shit all right we'll talk yeah. about it we'll talk about it with live yeah we will we will yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah whitey come back to me um <laughs> 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 I'm going to write a song called Martin that. Martin loves Whitey. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we're going to go ahead and play some music before we bring Liv up and chop it up with Liv and Vanessa. Um, let's have some fun. Also, radio. Cheer. Woo. Because we had a knee spam, tired of the merry-go-round and around, Round. and everybody's talking about your stuff funny, but they still telling lies to me. They telling lies. I got them trees in my backyard, and it's hard for them to tell a lie to me. And who's the foot? When I'm the foot, now you say it. Now who's gonna say it? You know what I'm saying? Skirts play with it cause I'm slick like that. I think they saying y'all the greatest. If I'm the greatest, well gimme, give gimme give mine cause I'm heavy when I weigh it. And watch the way he say it. Ego trip. I changed my pitch, smack my bitch. I never did it. The flavor's being butter, but brothers ain't getting it. Get it? Or else you're a goner. When the rolls it over, you're gonna have the wanna chill. Cause I'm the Chattanooga champ. We taking the train, we taking the train. Like we go trip, we go trip. We be taking the train to the ego trip. Well, I'm something like a phenomenon. Yo, I'm something like a phenomenon. I be the better brand, Superman. I run blocks up my circle, we be Nubian. I got platinum rust. Never ever fuss. Hey yo, Maceo, he down with us. Come on. People stop taking his styling for a joke. Don't sass a frass. I put foots up in your ass. Sometimes a fast. I want off like a seal. Hey, hey, for real. Mace chop records down to the bone. And now Renee King is on my cellular phone. So we talking autographs, years and laughs, champagne, caviar, and bubble bath. See ya, that's the life. 
that I lead. I got halos on tilt with the wings speed. Cause I'm so fly. And yes, on and on. I'm in it like a river, so don't you rock my yachts, yo. We got them gills like Johnny. And sell those seven seeds. We good for ya. We bigger than big, so dig it. Better dig it, yo. With ways that amaze us, popes. I am the is equals is, cause it's caught up when the ties taught me the ropes. Ain't no weights for the base. Man, I give you four. And we're the verb unheard. You better give me one more. I actually got it if you're special with a dab and toe tap. And when the lot's going on. Hey, the answer to the riddle is me. Here's the question. Who could be? And who could be? And who could be? And who could be? We taking the train to the ego trip. Ego trip. Ego trip. We taking the train to the ego trip. Ego trip. Ego trip, we be taking the train to the ego trip. Ego trip, ego trip, we taking the train to the ego trip. Chasing the greenbacks, so I lean back, put up my feet, puffing the weed. Northern Cali Humboldt, I'm high watching Telemundo. Till the sun go down into the bay. The end of the day started the night, but it's starting right. I need to write something, rap as a bite. Yeah, I heard it life's a bitch, but you ain't fucking alright. See, I got that girl strong with tongue spitting hugs. I hit it once and that's all it took. I wrote the fucking book. I get my drink on, cooler than the Peter Gun theme. So ain't nothing wrong, my mama got a mean thing. I said, y'all ain't fussing with us. Y'all ain't fussing with us. Y'all ain't fussing with us. I said, y'all ain't fussing with us. Y'all ain't fussing with us. Y'all ain't fussing with us. I said, y'all ain't fussing with us. Y'all ain't fussing with us. Y'all ain't fussing with us. I said, y'all ain't fussing with us. Y'all ain't fussing with us. You know that. Mark Stretch and Prozac, so strapped, go against the grain, make the globe roll back, blow back, foes who pose can get the Bozak, rhymes that make the hands of time, give me a soul clap, cold raps, designed to make your hoes toe tap, I crush on the first like DUIs on Volkswagen, so bad, the notepad, wrote back in hopes that Stretch would relieve some pressure, or you pro mags ease back, before you need an evac, I'll have a relapse, Fashion these caps, can stash in these raps, passion breeds snaps. We got this cap sweating like Benverine on crack, y'all. Y'all ain't fussing with us. I said y'all ain't fussing with us. Y'all ain't fussing with us. The cooler used to put a steel shoe through your radiator. We crash our 18 van into your Vega. What if the world could be worth what you're risking? Your comeback's a worse idea than Snake Plissken. Been doing this since pencil fights and Merv Griffin. I hate the fact that I hurt women. Labels of crooks, whether major or independent. It's all the same, same ball game. Your flat broke, got the gold chain. No name, old flames, tricking the role playing. Shadow of your former self like Soul Train. Light that ass up like G-strings made of propane. The chief rockers leave Chewbacca needing road game. Y'all ain't fussing with us. I said y'all ain't fussing with us. Y'all ain't fussing with us. The real McCoy, 
noise Why you think they feeling your boys? We feeling the void, killing the story Leaving you annoyed By the way, we're blowing the spot We'll show you it's hot So fuck if you know it or not The culture rocks Sex, drugs, losing the cops Talk about the shooting the pot Boozing and pot That was hot We're bruising the block Who the cool in the box We're ruling this rock Refusing to drop Come on, y'all ain't fussing with us I said y'all ain't fussing with us Y'all ain't fussing with us
panic when I open my mouth. I'm talking big shit like King Kong with a turtle head. Broken out, it's over now. Notice how I made a rapper throw the towel in. Clown him, still this motherfucker's bouncing. He told like spot him, got him. These niggas ain't bothered by it. Not the cornrows out his bonnet in my jump rope. Gonna always be prouder, so don't bother. Uh, this just that growth and development. Gotta keep the balance. Why sell your soul if you got talent? Attract violence. Saudi was dry. You gotta make the hop to Dubai. Or by rain, watching the lane as you drive by. Teardrops. Marty Gang tattoo. Oh. Hung like a horse. That was you, bro. Said she like my razor Ramon, so I ain't knocked the plate. I don't care if Nike just sued him, continue rocking bait. Said that he was having some motion, that shit was not the same. Into all the drugs and the drinking, so I could stop the pain. Now I'm in the type of position where I could cop the range. Swear my mental health is egregious, like a stock exchange. Neil Riggers on my certificate, that's a proper name. Never rock the chain, I ain't pressed, I ain't gon' copy paste. I was in the rocky space, now I'm climbing back into getting sane. Just glad that my people ain't getting shot. Today. Yeah. 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 Nah, that shit cool as hell, though. Ah, they ain't no kin to me. You don't get to be the man without making some enemies. Thinking how I'ma benefit. Gotta learn to pick yourself up when that depression hits. I don't got no time for these hoes, keeping them separate. Who making better sense? I'ma start checking these niggas' purses for peppermints. Really just an expressionist. I don't like what they left us with. You can see it's a deficit. They gon' call me a pessimist. Let us see all the rest of it. I can't be your stepdaddy, cause I'm the best daddy. They lock you down and you less happy. That's how you catch habits. Who gon' beat my ass in this mess fabric? Like it when you lie, they be less frantic. Front and center stage when I catch panties. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. Let me tell you what it is like. I need a girl who's looking beautiful from head to toe That drinks Pacifico and can roll on the go Knows how to pack the blunt fat as I drive up the road Pull up, hop out, get high, watch the blunt implode I need a girl who's gonna understand that I rep the scope Straight from the mission, yo, that's why she wants me close She'll never want to be leaving my side because it's cold She knows I'll keep her warm and make her feel at home I need a cutie who's always gonna be at my show She's standing at the front, the finest in the row 
knows exactly what I need when I start moving slow. I let her take control to show me what she knows. I need a woman who work it out with me like I'm cold. She knows to slap my songs, to have a conscious grow. She understand my collective souls are her purely own. She's heard my story told, but still wants my hand to hold.
If money the root of all evil, why they ask for it in church? Hey, that's the verse from the 74th chapter, not a Baptist. I was just trying to master my bachelor's. Just the good times. I wasn't really proud of my pastor. Uh, they won't gas me. You can hold that. I called 911 and asked where the hoes at. Take it back to when we whoop niggas right out they Mitchell and that Stobacks. I need a cold pack for my knee because I heard it from jumping fences. Man, this pimping was urgent. Police listen. Always try to get a hit from my burner. Just make sure you got a tip for my service. And I always been slick as detergent. I'm never staying in my lane. We ain't riding on the same strip. They was just tricking. I ain't cheating on my main bitch. Losers can't sit with us. Them the guys you hang with. Now I can't trust the soul. That's the way the fame get. They ain't staying in my lane. We ain't riding on the same strip. They was just tricking. I ain't cheating on my main bitch. Losers can't sit with us. Them the guys you hang with. Now I can't trust the soul. That's the way the fame get. The same shit. What's your question? You think your grandmother wore any thongs? It's the same shit. What? Is it appropriate for women to wear thongs? My main bitch, she talks shit, I forgive her. Middle finger to all her sorority sisters. They ain't got shit to do with us living. Unless they walk hand in hand in hand. I call her Bubblicious, she too sweet. Keep on opening door for me. This pink 73 Impala, my nigga swag on your charger, heartbreaking all of your daughters. On my OG Skywalker, now she calling me father. Now please, Mr. Sir, I don't want no more problems. Why she keep choosing me? Keep on doing me, keep on ooping me, and me. All I do, hey. Mothers of the church, where y'all get y'all fancy hats from? I just wanna know. Walk in the Sunday service, the way I be cussing, man, y'all thought I was worried. The pastor's sick, he got his own demons. He be on that bullshit, so I'm in the pulpit. The deacons, they lose it. Ooh, they passing the plate, bitch, I'm too quick. Two step in the Shirley Caesar, then turn on that Uzi. Crack off the OZ, he pass it to me. I accept respectfully. All I do, hey, is think about your bitch. Thinking about changing locations and shit. Man, get into this motherfucking bag. Stand out the way, I mean. Sacrificing time for this shit. Man, I got a plan. Tried to tell niggas years ago. They ain't understand. Riding by myself in this coupe. I'm all in my head. Everything in life you can't replace. I build relationships. Pretty little smile. Make a nigga wanna lock it in. We met the same time. I lost a friend. We should try again. You been on my mind. You should hop in. I ain't gonna hurt you, baby girl. You know we locked in. Used to be on FaceTime calls on the regular. Never made time, man. On my busy schedule. Yeah. Now every time I get the bay, you know I think of you. Working on your brand, love, you know that I believe in you. Tell me how you really go trust if you don't trust in you. I'm trying to set examples for my son, I know he need me too. Nights I be sleeping by myself, wish I can be with you. You gotta see potential when my moves, understand his rules. Late night cruising, thinking, plotting on a bigger move. Putting in overtime, so much more I gotta do. 
Even when I'm out on the road, I'd rather be with you. I ain't gon' lie, baby girl, I'm tryna fuck with you. Late night cruising, thinking plotting on a bigger move. Putting in overtime, so much more I gotta do. Even when I'm out on the road, I'd rather be with you. I ain't gon' lie, baby girl, I'm tryna fuck with you. I'm a grown ass man, I don't never make excuses. Tryna be more present, work shit been getting tough. Thinking about the bigger picture, who gon' add to my future? I ain't got shit to prove. I'm just knowing I can do it. You can hear it in my music. Came from the bottom of it. Feel it in my intuition. I can see you really love it. You don't never glamorize it when you really came from it. Seen niggas make a little money and then change on me. Late night cruising, thinking, plotting on a bigger move. Putting in overtime, so much more I gotta do. Even when I'm out on the road, I'd rather be with you. I ain't gon' lie, baby girl, I'm tryna fuck with you. Late night cruising, thinking, plotting on a bigger Move, putting in overtime, so much more I gotta do. Even when I'm out on the road, I'd rather be with you. I ain't gon' lie, baby girl, I'm tryna fuck with you. Check it out. Ain't nobody perfect, baby. Yeah, man. Motherfuckers be getting that shit confused, you know what I'm talking about? Live your motherfucking life, man. Do what make you happy, you know what I mean? What up? 
you're tuning in to All Soul Radio. MC Pause, DJ Jima. Checking in, tapping in, doing all those things. Pause, tapping in. Tapping in. Liv Styler in the building. Tapping in. <laughs> Trying to be like Pause. I'm Vanessa Parrish, the newly, the newly minted grandmother. Where's she? Where's she, yeah, Where's yeah, she go? For the record, <laughs> it is not me that's the grandmother. It is my best friend that's the grandmother. It sure the fuck ain't me. I just want to get that on record. Yes, it's okay. recorded. Recorded. Okay, cool. Um, Don't put that either. Hi, Liv. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm recovering from the, the Santi Gold concert at the Santi. Okay. Yeah. You went to that? I did. So did Jima. I ran into Jima. Yeah, Jima was there. Jima was braving, braving the hill. Okay, here's the thing, right? Speaking of Santa Claus, I feel like I appreciate the Santa Claus bringing alcohol in. They need to warn motherfuckers, hey, drunkies, there's a hill. You don't have to climb. Mm-hmm. If they didn't tell me that when I got there, and I sat there for like 20 minutes <laughs> to climb that hill. And that's how I saw Jima, because we were sitting there on the bench that's funny i kept I, and i kept She's messaging true because like true justice was working at stern grove but he wouldn't send me a car i was like the car i need you to send me an ambulance like send somebody down to come get us <laughs> yeah true and vokey Shout out DJ True Justice and Vocab Slick from the yeah. Bay Area. They were working at Stern Grove. And shout them. out the archivist who got me the tickets to get in in the first place. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Shout him out. Shout him out. Well, without further ado, I want to present our listeners to our very good friend, Liv Styler. A writer, journalist, hip-hop enthusiast, curator uh amazing person Aww. and <laughs> and has to say that cuz he knows me yeah that's it i get it um but we're going to get into the mix here uh, i wanted i invited live over cuz it's been a couple of years now that we almost a couple of years i think uh the end of this month actually will be a couple of years ooh pizza Wow. <laughs> wow. Hello, Pizza Man. You're a god, Pizza Man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Mythic yeah. Pizza, shout out to you. Shout out. Lower hate. Love you. Get your get your fix. Um much like you. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> it's not the first time. <laughs> You heard it here, one at whatever time it, it is, yeah. but it's blessed now. Thank you, we appreciate Thank you. Thank you, Pizza Man. Shout out. Appreciate it. Mythic Pizza, lower Thank hate. You. Go there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Liv Styler, we've huh. we've known each other for a couple, almost a couple years. The end of the this month will be a couple years. Yeah. Two years. It's been a, few, it's been a couple of years. Although, if you really funny is I was looking back at like some of the videos from our like 2019 on tour in mm-hmm. Sacramento 
Wait, speak up more into, into the oh, mic a little bit more, love. Bad. I've never had somebody tell me to be louder. Okay. <laughs> Please be. Uh, <laughs> I was looking back at the video from like, I think it was 2019 when Zumbi and Quip were on tour for Zumbi's uh, Wave single. Mm. And I was like looking at the crowd footage that I had of the videos and it was you and Gable <laughs> like in the video. And I had no idea who y'all were, mm -hmm. but like we hung out. Technically, we've known each other for like six years. We just didn't wow. know each other until like two years. That's wild. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it makes sense. It does. You know, because we've both been Don and I fans for a long time. Yes. So it would only make sense for us to cross paths does, in that yeah, time. Yeah. Aww, and shout out Vanessa met Brycon that night. Shout out Bry. Shout out to Brycon. Introduced by a person. No We're no longer friends with. That means all of us, all four of us here. I don't have friends. So I, don't know. <laughs> I don't claim any. We'll, we'll get we'll get into your we friendship to with that. my manager of San Francisco. Oh yeah. <laughs> the worst manager. Do not hire her. For the record. Yeah, that was it. That was literally the only thing she's. Yeah, yeah, but she doesn't know what songs I'm on. Minimal time. Minimalist time manager. Yeah. Yeah, in title alone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, listeners, listen. Liv Styler is a great person. We cross paths, I guess, for many years, but we yeah. met <laughs> two years ago. And I feel I feel like we've known each other longer. Well, like we technically have. We have. Based on yeah, based on the based we, on the video, we have. But I think the trauma bond, like yeah, we are like exactly. so like connected. Yeah, now. we're like you are my best friend. Yeah, I, I know. I can never lose you. You are my best friend. For reals though. Yeah. For Thanks, reals. Trauma. Yeah. Thank you. Yay. But um. Definitely want to bring you on here because you do a lot of work, uh, not just as a journalist, as a writer, but as a hip hop head, I feel like. And, you know, I, I want to bring people who are of the culture, for the culture, love the culture, you know, br give a spotlight to to those folks, because, you know, I, I consider myself a big hip hop head. Jai's a hip hop head. This is a hip hop show. And I just want to. You know, bring as much people together as we can that are really about it, and you're about it, and you have a lot to learn, or not a lot to learn. I do have a lot to learn. No, <laughs> you have real. taught me a lot. I that's have learned real. a lot from you, is uh, what I meant to say. But I still have a lot to learn. But um, all all of your experience as a hip hop head, I definitely wanted to get into into your origins on like not just hip hop, but music. You know, you're 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 a big music head in general. Like I'm a what is my you are <laughs> exactly that's what we're gonna get into so live where where do you come from what what's your story you know how did you get into uh, music this music realm as a writer well i was born no um <laughs> i'm from sacramento uh though the bay doesn't know that because i'm from like from here but from Sacramento, and I, I don't know like what my origin story is. Hip hop, like <laughs> I haven't thought about it yet, but I know like the moment that I fell in love with hip hop. Yes, please okay. tell us. I thought about this because you told me like yeah. about some of the things that, that love hip hop. So 
the one of the first moments that I fell in love with hip hop was a Bay Area hip hop artist. It was Digital Underground, mm. and to be fair, I probably shouldn't have loved the Humpty Dance as much <laughs> as I did because I was like six when it came out. <laughs> Um, but it's a kid-friendly dance. Right, I was super friendly. <laughs> like, I've been friendly. Anyone who knows me can tell you. Right. Digital Underground is for the kids. Um, Sex packets. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, the first time I fell in love with hip-hop, it was Digital Underground, and it was, uh, it was the Humpty Dance because I was six, and I found that shit hilarious that this, like, this rap artist was running around in a fake nose. And doing this dance that looked like he was stuck in the middle of an earthquake. And that's pretty much what it was. Like, so I fell in love with hip hop because of Digital Underground. And then Digital Underground introduced me to Tupac. And that was pretty much Like, as soon as I heard Tupac, I was done. Like, you couldn't convince me that hip hop wasn't the greatest thing to ever exist after I heard Digital Underground and Tupac. So it was the bay that kind of like got me into hip-hop even though i didn't realize at the time because i was six i didn't realize what the bay was like yeah. i just knew i existed and so did the humpty dance but uh yeah that's that still bay shit though that yeah like that's that's how influential like the bay and and like northern california in general has been in the hip-hop scene and i've been lucky enough to spend the last like 10 years making my life off of hip-hop and being able to write about it and be artists and do all kinds of crazy shit that I would never have thought would have been my career. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's my origin. It's like digital underground, man. The Humpty Dance. That's why I love hip hop. So shout out Shock D. Shout out Muddy D. Shout out Digital Underground. They were in SAC last shout night. Out shout out Tupac. Shout out Tupac. Always shout out Tupac. But yeah, like, that's my origin story. In terms of where I fell in love with it. But so when you say you you've been writing for hip hop, what does that does that mean? You've been writing for different publications, yeah. variously, or like do you have your own kind of avenue that you're writing on? Or no, I so I I got into journalism on accident. Like most of my career has kind of been on accident. Um, I got into journalism because a friend of mine who ran a hip hop blog was like, "Here, I'm done with this." So I started writing, and, you know, it was like an underground blog. He'd been doing it for a while, but it wasn't, like, a major thing. Shout out Rich Wing at the mashup. But it wasn't, like, like you know, it wasn't huge. It wasn't whatever, but it was this, like, underground thing that he established for, like, a decade and then got sick of and kind of handed it to me. Um, and the reason that I actually became a journalist and actually got the opportunity to go to festivals and talk to artists and cover all the shows that I did is because I went to a, a Del Hiro show at, in Sacramento. Shout out Del Hiro. Shout out the Hieroglyphic. Almost sapien. <laughs> but I went to a Del Hiro show in Sacramento and I accidentally passed a blunt to a cop. <laughs> what? So, okay, let me... <laughs> oh, wait a me, minute. Yeah, I know. No, okay, so let me explain. So, concerts in the park. <laughs> so, we just got back from Stern Grove, which is like San Francisco's free concerts in the park in the middle of the forest type shit, right? Hey, shout out. So, I just came back from that, but Sacramento has its own version. It's called Concerts in the Park. Shout out to them. And... Uh, I want to say like seven years ago, eight years ago, they had 
Del Hyro, Del the Funky Homie Sapien coming out. And uh, so we were sitting like right next to the stage and my homies like had a, a merch booth nearby. And we were all just like really like staring at the stage waiting for Del to come out. So none of us were really paying attention to like anything that was going on around us. So there was me and a couple other homies and we were sitting and we were passing the blunt around. Me to be? And even though we were talking, like none of us were looking at each other. We were all just like staring at the stage. When I rock. So when someone walked up next to me, I assumed they were jumping in the rotation. So I just immediately and blindly like handed them the blunt. And so I handed them the blunt. And after about like a minute, I'm like, what is this babysitting ass bitch? So I look over to my right thinking someone is babysitting my blunt. And all of a sudden, just like in my view, there is a cop who I swear to God looked like Billy Idol, bro. Like he had like the blonde... <laughs> bleached spiked hair he was super old he looked like a leather glove he was like it was just a <laughs> lot bro it was a lot so there's this billy idol looking police officer and he has my blunt in his hand and he like starts to put it up to his mouth and i'm like grabbing my homies like yo what the fuck is it what i don't know what's happening right now out like did he have the cop he had the full-on uniform the gun the badge like all of that so this motherfucker had the blunt in his hand and he pulls the blunt and he puts it right to his mouth and we're all like staring at him like waiting for him to hit it and right before he like puts it to his lips he's like oh man i just wanted to see what y'all were gonna do that was great and he hands me the blunt back and like goes back to his cop friends and is just chuckling and chortling i'm like what the fuck just happen. Do we keep smoking? I don't know what to do right now. So anyway, through all this process, like I went home that night and I wrote about it because I was like, I cannot believe I wrote. Like I cannot believe I passed the blunt to a cop, and he looked like Billy Idol, and he he didn't like get me in trouble. All of these things were very surprising to me, so I wrote about it. And like two days later, I got an email from Rolling Loud. It was the first Rolling Loud in the Bay. And they hit me, and they were like, yo, do you want to come cover? We really liked your story about passing the blunt to a cop. And I was wow. like, bruh, I'll hella come out to Rolling Loud for sure. Well, you, you wrote it, and then where did you where did it get found? So it was it was on the blog that my homie had given me, which was the mashup, uh, right? right. right? Yeah, so it's, yeah. not, it's not in existence anymore. It doesn't even, like, it's not a thing as far as I know. But he originally had given me the blog, so I just posted it on that. And it ended up getting hella fucking shares. And so Rolling Loud reached out to me, and they were like, yo, do you want to come and cover our show? We're doing the first one in the Bay Area. It was hell of, it was like Kilo, Lil B, like all these folks were performing. So I said yes, even though I had no team, like no, like I had no idea what I was doing. It was my first thing. Um, and I ended up putting a haphazard-ass team together of people. Vanessa came, who is with me today. <laughs> Vanessa is my quote-unquote photographer, um, who who also had hotel discounts, so it was like the best of both worlds at the time because we needed a hotel. Uh, how, did you, how did you have the discounts? She, yeah, she oh. worked at she worked at a hotel. <laughs> no, by night she was a hotel vampire, and by day she was asleep. But so she used to work at a hotel, and I was like, "Fuck, I don't have any place." in the bay like this wasn't back in the day when i had like established yeah so i was like yo you're a photographer we really weren't friends like we 
She sold me weed. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like she, <laughs> she. I mean, we're out here, right? Like yeah, we're we're, we're all friends. We're all like Vanessa sold me weed. That's how we became friends. And it was like it wasn't even like she sold me weed. She just yeah, happened to have it. Yeah, she just happened to have it at the time. She was a hip hop head. I was a hip hop head. We knew each other, but we didn't really know each other. But Rolling Loud came up, and I was like, "Fuck, I don't know anybody that has." any kind of skills with any of the things that I need and no one has hotel discounts. Oh wait, Vanessa has hotel discounts. Vanessa's a photographer. Bing bang boom. And then my homegirl Shantae, uh, who had a car at the time and I didn't, became my social media person. And so we suddenly like accidentally became a media team that was doing like <laughs> hella festivals. Like we went to Rolling Loud, we went to Smokers Club, we went to so many different festivals but none of us had any kind of real like training yeah i mean when you say team like you like you had a photographer you said allegedly (laughs) right yes so but like are they photographer are they doing your photography or are they doing photography for coverage of the event that they were they were doing photography vanessa was doing photography for coverage of the event ironically most of the pictures we ended up using at publishing weren't Vanessa's. They were mine from like a cell phone camera. But some of the ones we did use, we did use from Vanessa's. Why do you think they picked those? It had nothing to do with anything. It Uh, was just like I got mine faster to uh, the editor than Vanessa did. So it just kind of worked out that way. Vanessa's not the – Vanessa's like, you know. Okay, I don't want to be stereotypical, but as a Mexican, we're not always on time, all right? And she's not the most on time when it comes to shit. So I always make sure to have my own backup files in case she's not ready. That's okay. There's being able to take a good picture and then being there at the right time to take the picture. Those are two different things. Yes, it's two different things. Or being there at the right time and actually getting the photos to me. Yes, turning the photos in is super helpful. It's super helpful. Um, But, yeah, that's actually – that was the origin story. Um, Someone handed me a blog that they didn't want to do anymore. And was like, here, you do it. And then I got high with the cops, apparently. And that kind of jump-started my career. I've been in hip-hop, like, in the community for a while. We ran our own art collective. We did some guerrilla arts things in Sacramento. Um, I threw my own shows. And I, like, currently now, like, I book some hip-hop shows. I did the Smoked Out Barbecue Festival last year in Monterey with, like, the employees of New York. Um, So I've always been in hip-hop. I used to work at MTV like years ago i've always been in the scene but as a journalist it really legit only happened on accident i don't have any training i'm a high school dropout i just happened to be really good at it so so when you go about uh writing column or i don't know what you'd call it but a piece right um what are you kind of looking to do are you kind of looking to just straight recap the event are you looking to put your own bits in there as well like yeah no nah, fuck a recap here's my problem i'm gonna just you know I, i'm just gonna say this because i've had enough whiskey <laughs> um a lot of people that cover hip-hop don't come from hip-hop they have nothing to do with hip-hop they don't know what hip-hop's about they don't understand the elements of hip-hop they don't really like focus on it so they go to a show and they're like oh well we saw a bunch of people and a lot of folks have like, happen to get into a fight. You know, they always focus on, like, negative shit. So my specific intention 
when it came to being able to actually uplift the shit that like saved my life and made me impact in my world is my whole point was to show hip hop for what it actually is, which is number one, a culture. Number two, it's a culture that has literally dictated the popularity of like so many things in American history, like over the last 50 years. Like hip hop has touched so much mainstream popular culture that it doesn't get credit for unless you really want to be hip about it, right? So my whole purpose was to be able to show that not only is hip hop a a valid form of artistic expression, but it's a valid form of artistic expression that is completely unique to the people that created it, which is mostly black folks and some brown folks in the in many, many years ago in the 70s and where it's come now. But to show that it actually has valid artistic expression as opposed to what people try to portray it as, which is, you know, some bullshit where they always say it's misogynistic, sexist, gangster, whatever, whatever. So even the the article that I did where I was like, yo, I passed the blunt to a cop. Yeah, I passed the blunt to a cop, but the point of the article was to show Del Hiro, hieroglyphics, Delvis Monkey Homo sapien, whatever you want to call it, was the only person to bring out more than 10,000 people to a, sh- to a show in Sacramento for that particular concert show. Hip-hop was the one that broke the record. And the reason for that is because hip-hop is so valid, so important, and people want to steal from it but not give credit to it. So my whole point, whatever I do, whether it's hip-hop, whether it's social sciences with like death investigation or whatever, is to show that there's more to it than when people want to admit that there is, show that there's another layer to it that's far more important than what people give credit to, and also to show how dope it is at the same time. Because it really is, hip-hop is something that has given so much of a voice to so many people that normally wouldn't have had it because they were left out of the conversation. Hip-hop was the only place that really gave them a So that was, like, why I got into it. Like, hip-hop is great, music is beautiful, rap is amazing. But, like, people don't give it the credit that it deserves, at least when it comes to how much it's important and how much people steal from it but don't honor what it's done. Yeah, that's why I became a hip-hop It's amazing, amazing Aww. story. And, and, and kind of continuing on that, I am curious on your, your career as a journalist, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I think it's important to have – folks from different realms of society as hip hop heads, as culture keepers, culture, you know, curators and shit. And so how did that start for you? Your, your writing journey? Was that something that you were doing as a, as a young adult and as a kid, as a young adult, or is that something you discovered a little later down the line? No, I discovered it when I was young. I was like, despite the fact that I'm a high school dropout, I was in the gifted program. So I was super, allegedly I was super, but common sense in me was always like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. Um, but I I was published I think when I was twelve for like wow. poetry and shit like that. Um and I knew I was good at it and that was kinda what my like everybody wanted me to do, which is why I didn't want to study journalism because everybody else wanted me to do it. So <laughs> um I I did get into writing at a very early age and I was pushed into writing by like teachers and folks like that from a very age but I dropped out like I I I stopped going to class in high school around ninth grade (laughs) I think I think I I have the equivalent of ninth grade education 
on paper. Um, so my writing didn't really come from like, this is what I was meant to do. It was literally, it was literally an accident. Like social media was probably the biggest reason that I ended up becoming a writer is because I just started writing so much online that I decided that I wanted to get out of my head. So if I went to an event, I would write about it. If I went to something that I thought was important, I would post about it. And then that's how the blog came up. I was actually doing So Far Sound. I was, I was curating the show for So Far Sound. The sound guy that was doing our So Far Sound show was the guy that owned the blog. And he was the one that was like, here, take it. Because you can clearly write, and you're not doing anything. Do that. And that was kind of how I got into it. I'd been in social media, like marketing for so I knew how to do that kind of stuff, but it wasn't on paper. But from the sh- the start, like even before ninth grade, I mean you said you were writing before then. Mm-hmm. Were you were writing all about music and stuff, like art stuff, or what was kind of the first time that you got you into writing? Um, what were you writing in? I got into writing in general because people like kind of forced me to, but um. Like, what would you write? You know, would you write poetry? Oh, would you write yeah. Like, I was a know? poet. Everybody's oh, yeah. a poet when yeah. they first start. Like, everybody's a poet. Like, you're either a poet or something approximate to that when you first start out as a writer, I think, at least. Um, so I definitely, like, my when I got published and shit when I was young, it was because of poetry. But, and I used to perform. I used to do all of that kind of stuff when I was younger. Um, I was the, the co-chair of Mecha, so I used to, like, your programs and do performances for that, but it kind of got old really quick. It wasn't really for me. Um, but writing kind of gave me the ability to, as I got older, to like do the things that I knew were important, but not have to be like what a performing artist has to do. Like a rapper, I don't know how y'all do it. I really don't. Like getting on stage all the time and having to like have people stare back at you. Eyeballs, that seems like a lot of work. While you say what you wrote, like that's so exposing and raw, and oof, it seems like really hard. Well, like, when's the last time you did do a reading in front of people? Um, I mean, I do stuff, yeah. People ask me to do things, and I'll do it. Um, I'm actually. Equipto always makes me speak at events, so Equipto is 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 part of the reason that I've I've done public speaking. Have you done one of those? Um, uh, what's the center on on Valencia? Yeah, the black and brown. Uh, no, like, po- like reading days. No, you know? no, no, no. He, you know, he had <laughs> no. <laughs> he he. he asked you me to you there it. though? You pull no, up. I've been there. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. you pull I've up. Been there. I've I've shown up. I've eaten ags. <laughs> shout out to AG. Yeah, out. Does, he, does he cook? And his like, delicious food. Delicious. Yeah, oh, oh my really? god. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Fuck a pro- yeah, forget uh, production. Uh, them yeah, forget beats. Them sandwiches are bomb, bro. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's really good. It's yeah, really no. good. If you're in the Bay Area and you haven't looked at what is it? Is it like uh it's a uh, 2232 Sandwich Co. <laughs> what pause said yeah buddy yeah no they yeah ag's got bomb food so i have been out to black and brown but not as a performer um i'm actually competing in a comedy competition next month yeah yeah, yeah. Like so stand up yeah this is my 
third one, second oh. one. Last time I made someone cry. Um, <laughs> so basically, it's like a it's like a pun battle where they like spin a wheel and you have to make puns based on the topic that they come up with, even if you don't know anything about it. And so they 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 choose things in non-comedian. So I am a non-comedian. I'm not actually comedian yeah. or funny. But <laughs> you're hilarious. Apparently, you're hilarious. Yeah, apparently, I'm a comedian enough. So, so yeah, I, I, I do stuff. I just, I'm not, I just, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm not a performer. I, I really love the, the fact that I've been able to, like, build a platform where I can, like, give, shine to some folks that are performers. That's just not me. Like, I'm just not, I'll do it if someone asks me. Like, I teach, I'm teaching in Mexico, which I get up every day in front of a bunch of fucking elementary school kids or middle school kids. Which is terrifying. Pause notes. <laughs> was but, um, so I do stuff like that. Like I, I, I do speak when people ask me. I've spoken on the Zuzu Pants um, murder investigation a few times when mm-hmm. Zuzu passed away. But uh, yeah, I'm just not. It's just hard. It's hard. If I hadn't had a little whiskey before I got here, this might be a different conversation. <laughs> I know when I asked you to come, what I forget what you, we, were, we were talking about some random thing like the Kings and the Warriors or something. So you're like, famous. you're like, oh yeah, you want me to come on and talk about the Kings? Yeah, of course. Like, like, I'm <laughs> not talking about the Kings. You haven't heard me mention the Kings once. Good job. Yeah. All right. Um, so what? Kings and twelve. Kings and twelve, guys. <laughs> we got this. Kings and twelve. I'm ready. Game Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Kings in 83. Kings in 473 <laughs> days. We got this, y'all. I'm ready. <clears throat> so what? what is your current occupation right now? I, kn- I know that you're a writer. What is, what, what is your writing work entail currently? <laughs> um, so I actually, I'll be honest, like I, I was taking a really large portion of my career focusing on being a writer since mm-hmm. I died. For sure. A lot of 2021 and most of 2022 was spent digging into Allied Universal, which is Zumbia's Um, For those who aren't aware, Zumbia is from Sinai. Sinai is an area hip-hop group that was very foundational in sort of shaping the scene, the alternative scene especially, that, that the hip-hop scene kind of had in the late 90s, early 2000s. When he was murdered by Allied Universal security guards at Alta Base, I spent a lot of my time focusing on that. Um, and I almost walked away from journalism right after that because mm-hmm. it was a lot to – I've spent a lot of time um, in my career. Um, I started in music, but I ended up kind of moving away from it as my time went on. I ended up spending a lot more time doing things that were more political and more social justice. So when, like, 2020 popped off, I went undercover um, as hard as that is. I had a lot less face tattoos. Really? Yes. I had a lot oh, less so face they're newer. tattoos back then. Um, but I went undercover with the Proud Boys for, like, a month during Whoa. the Trump protest. So I had, like, makeup all over my face and, like, American flag shit, like, painted on me. That's crazy. Like that. What the fuck? So, like, I had – so originally um, – I only had, yeah, I was going to say, I don't even know anymore, but originally I have like nine face tattoos for mm-hmm. those who can't see me. So yeah, to like, to, yeah. So I had a bunch of makeup to cover up or, or 
Yeah. <laughs> right. So so eighty eight for those that don't know, it's something that's uh, used for white supremacists as like this code that indicates their like love of Hitler. I don't fucking know why. <laughs> but anyway, so point being, I have an infinity symbol tattooed on my face. Originally, I covered it up with makeup. I couldn't cover it up after a while. The makeup came out. It's just like that happened. Long story short, I spent like a month going to damn. The microphone is so like the microphone is so unturned on by Trump supporters that it had. You, yeah, those, that was some Illuminati yeah. shit right there. For those, for those listening at home, um, the microphone basically just kind of had like a, a, a total whiskey dick reaction to the to going undercover as a Trump supporter. And I, too, I, too, had a whiskey dick reaction when I went undercover. But, yeah, so I spent like a month undercover um, with Proud Boys learning about like their uh, enrollment process, like how they recruited people, what it was that they were doing. Um, and that was horrible. And then, uh, how do they recruit? <laughs> so they, so they actually start very young. They recruit young boys between the ages of eight and twelve in like a YMCA summer camp sort of style, where they're like, "Come forth, children, and be boys. Be boys, I tell you. Be proud of being be boys. Proud to be boys, but." As it turns out, you know, it's just, it's Proud Boys. So, it, but no, um, they, they, they actually recruit, like, really early. They asked me if I had any kids, and I was like, I do, but no. Yeah. So I lasted about a month before they started, like, contacting me. And, like, I wasn't, yeah. I w- what were those signs that made you think, like, oh, people are kind of catching so on that I, I started getting backstage. So they were having, like, major events at the Capitol, right? And so they would have, like, no in Sacramento. Um, oh, okay. So for, if you don't pay attention, like, Sacramento really doesn't mean a lot for a lot of people. But in terms of the grand scale, California is the fourth largest economy in the world. So Sacramento being the capital of the fourth largest economy in the world <laughs> actually means that Sacramento, for better or worse, has an extreme amount of power when it comes to what happens not only in the country, but in the global spectrum, right? So for these Proud Boys and these white supremacists, when they were targeting certain areas, it wasn't L.A. and this and this and that that they were targeting. It was Sacramento, D.C., and a couple of other spots. So we had, like, an extreme influx of, quote-unquote, Proud Boys and white supremacists who came into Sacramento after of COVID epidemic. Everybody was anti-mask. Everybody was anti-vax. And then when George Floyd hit not long after that, everybody was anti-black, anti-mask, and anti-vax. So there was like a lot of shit happening at the same time. So I went undercover initially before George Floyd happened. And then when George Floyd happened, I switched back to who I was. Went back on the front lines as an activist because I've been an activist long before I was um, but I happened to be able to have a platform, so while I was there, I was writing about what was going on. So, writing. Oh, yeah, I mean, the police know me well. Um, First name basis right. with the boys. Shout out, Sack PD. Y'all bitches. Um, no, they know you well. So, the thing about Sack PD, and I'm sure SFPD does the same thing, if they know you well enough, they'll call you by your government while you're out and about. Be like, what's up? And then they'll say your full name yeah. while you're walking. 
that's kind of how SAC PD does. So if they know you, yeah, on some we know exactly we'll who. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's your full last right, name. Right, so yeah, yeah. so before George Floyd, I was kind of undercover. After George Floyd, I was back to who I was. Um, and now. After the Zumbi situation, after the George Floyd situation, I was so, like, burnt out and kind of, like, over having to write other people's stories or my own that felt like it was heartbreaking that I almost took a step back from journalism altogether. And I was about ready to just go back to my nine to five, go back to my job. Um, but now I've actually gotten the chance to go back. So I'm, I'm writing more about me as an artist then and less about hey, here's another person that died in this So, So whether it was the Zumbi situation, um, whether it was the Willie Brown situation back in 1998, um, those things kind of just like all sort of broke me after a while. Like I, I put myself in a weird position where as an activist, there weren't a lot of journalists it wrong that well so because i didn't i ended up connecting with a lot of folks that not only talk to journalists but went encountering a lot of trauma and a lot mm-hmm. of folks that were um so now i like i write for a few different clients and you know it's national um i'm 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 actually ironically i'm i'm still published in of the client that I work with. So mm-hmm. I got blacklisted in 2022 from a media company that I won't name to avoid the name. But I got blacklisted because I couldn't speak for all of my clients. So while I was there, I got upset that they were protesting my So I was like, you can't do that anymore. You're literally giving people a Um. So I made them change that. I made them You know, that's something that was kind of weaponized against the black and brown community protest because it was far less than it was. Um, but because of all the <coughs> shit that happened, I got blacklisted. But because of the client that I work with now, ironically, I'm still So I'm still a journalist. But when you say blacklisted, that means other publications declined to put out. Yeah, no, I'm blacklisted nationally. Specific, oh. like a specific media company will not publish not going to say who it is, but anybody who knows me knows exactly who I'm talking about <laughs> because that's who I used to work for. Um, but yeah, no, I got I got blacklisted in the city where I reside. Yeah. No, the only newspaper that they have um, named after a bee. Anyway, the point <laughs> is, um, so I got blacklisted with them, but I'm still a journalist. I'm a national journalist. I, I work for a few different clients, but um, yeah, right now, like I think my most Facts about Tupac that I was talking about like So I've gotten a chance to go back to the things that don't really which is good. But like, you know, twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two I think about cry a lot when I think about really curious about this um this uh undercover <laughs> journalism 
process because like how do you like do you just go find one person who's in the group and you or like do you, did you have an overall objective going into it like i want to write about this specific thing or like or did you just go in there you're like let's see what i can find and i'll just write about it all so i um i went in with like no intention of writing the story about it. i actually uh, didn't write a story about it until a year yeah, I just went in because I wanted to understand what these folks were thinking. Like, I really was, like, so confused <coughs> during the whole process. And and it, it, it was interesting because, like, even during that whole time, or towards the very end, I guess, until, like, like, there was a part of me that, like, got a little confused because as, as someone who doesn't trust the government, as someone who doesn't like I kind of understood where they were coming from, but I hit a wall when I when it came to a certain level of understanding. It's like, yo, yeah, you just need to get your calculator out. So I just decided I wanted to write. So I didn't actually write a story about going undercover with the Proud Boys until um and so in the beginning all I did was I found out that they were going to be meeting at certain places and I joined a private Facebook group that would allow people to be tapped into certain information. Um, <laughs> and I know, it's a flashback, <laughs> right? Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I, I went in more with the intent of just, like, I really want to understand these people. I don't trust these people. I don't understand how they could possibly feel the way they feel. And then when I got there, it was, you know, it was just way more than I even thought it would possibly be. But it was interesting because, like, one of the biggest protests while we were there, um, I feel like it was in the beginning of April at the Capitol, and for the first time it seemed like these, like, white supremacist Proud Boys were actually realizing that the cops would eventually enforce some sort of law on them. Like, they weren't used to, like, having it enforced on them. They were used to having it enforced on them. And so I was sitting there as someone who had been in protests since I was, like, and I was sitting there, like, listening to these, like, proud boys, quote-unquote, like, anti-vaxxers, anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers, like, afraid that these people were going to shoot them. Or, like, are they, are they actually going to, like, shoot us? Because these cops were, like, they always do. They're guarding something. But I had never seen, like, I'd never seen white people on that side. Like it had always, like it had always been us on that side. I'd never seen white people be afraid of the cops before, and I was so fascinated by that shit that I kept going back. Like it was worth putting on the makeup and putting on the American flag and like wanting to throw up every single time I did it to like go into it. But the crazy part was, is like I was going undercover with Proud Boys. I couldn't wear a mask. Like I legitimately, right, if right. I if I wore a mask, it was going to be extremely obvious that I wasn't supposed to be wearing a mask. So I couldn't wear a mask, and there wasn't vaccines at the time, and it was the height of COVID. God. So I was literally like surrounded by these proud boys, and not just proud boys. Like these motherfuckers had the California militia out there right, with right. like bulletproof guns, and like these. They had major artillery and firearms, and no one in the fucking police force did anything. But meanwhile, I bring a pocket knife to this shit, and I get fucking hemmed up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a, it was like a weird process to watch, but 
I didn't do it because I had like an assignment. I did it because I was so fascinated that these people were so angry that they had to wear a fucking mask. I was, it just, it was beyond my brain. Well, yeah, like, did you, what was kind of the common theme or argument or topic that they would bring up at these meetings that you attended? I think the, the common theme, and this is actually where it, like, slightly fucked me up, like, a little bit, where I really had to, like, sit with myself and figure out what that meant, was, like, the common theme would, was that all of them were afraid of the government. And I was like, yo, me too. Why are we not cool? Like, I don't understand what the fucking problem is, yeah. like. I so so there was this guy in Sacramento. He got caught and arrested in front of the Capitol with like multiple guns in the back of his truck, multiple blades, like hella like so much weaponry. But I had talked to this guy like a week before in front of Gavin Newsom's house because he was protesting. And this fool was talking about how much he didn't trust the cops, how much he believed that like the cops were like very much um focused on creating a very brutal environment for black and brown folks. Like, he was on our side, except. There was always an except, and it was the except that fucking fascinated me. Like, that was why I kept going back. Like, except, except I don't want you to take my guns away, and that's right. what it came down to. It was, like, all this, it like, was like they understood that the government was an oppressive system. They understood that the government yeah. was trying to control them, but also, and except, they still didn't like us as, like, minorities, or they still were afraid of X, Y, and Z. Like, there was always an exception <clears throat> where it was like, if we could just get you on that exception, we'd be cool, bro. Like, right, we'd be hella right. cool because I don't fuck with the cops either. I don't fuck with this either. But there was always an exception, and it was that exception that kept making me go back, even though it kept getting, like, more and more, like, dangerous, and it was getting a little more and more hypey. And eventually they definitely figured out that I wasn't going to um, but like, yeah, it was, it was a trip, like to see how scared these folks were of the government, except they yeah. couldn't quite fit that like last puzzle piece there. Make it make sense. So it was, it was a weird, it was a weird process to, it was really fun watching them get arrested though. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. Like watching, there was this guy who built like a full on structure that looked like a cage it looked like a jail and he was talking about how the government was oppressing him and all this shit and he would walk around like holding this fucking jail that he built uh, mobily and he was the one that got arrested i can't even tell you how much i laughed like i laughed so hard so (laughs) that's when they knew that's when they were on to me that yeah this bitch probably doesn't belong here why are her tattoos melting off of her face when yeah, it comes did you to have, the Hitler love, did you have I don't moments, understand. Did you have moments where you were talking to somebody and maybe they were an acquaintance you you know you met and you're like, no, I'm on, so like, grateful that I never <laughs> ran into anybody I knew at a Proud Boy fucking meeting. Oh my <laughs> god, can you imagine? I would have oh, been yeah. so terrified yeah. if I ran into somebody that I knew at a Proud Boy. Like, <laughs> nah, I got no, no. No, for the record, no one I know in Sacramento was ever at those meetings that I was that I was undercover but at. But shit. yeah, no, that's good too because then they would have busted you out right away. Right, they'd have been like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> I know this." Like bitch. this is right, she right. is nuts. She knows how to build. She's a liberal. Why is she here? Yeah, a yeah, progressive nah, nah. one. Yeah, she don't. Yeah, she's awful brown based on this. Uh, yeah, no. So I never had that encounter. Um, 
thank God. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know if I would have known how to process if I'd have seen somebody I knew on the other end. You're like, you're like, do I call right. this? You're it's like, just, it's you're, hella awkward. Yeah, like, you're like, do I call this motherfucker yeah, out? Do like, I say you know, something? Yeah. Do I acknowledge like, what the you? fuck are you doing here? They're like, Should what the I fuck are you doing here? You? Yeah, like, I don't know how to feel right now. Yeah, I wouldn't, I would, I would not have been ready for that. Luckily, that did not happen. If it had happened, I would have been very sad. But no, that didn't happen. But yeah, it uh, it was a trip. That whole process was a trip. But I'm still a journalist. That's still my job. That is still my profession. Um, I don't go to as many festivals as I used to because I'm 40 and I'm old. And I don't want to spend three days and 12 hours a day watching Lil Uzi Vert. But well, how did you feel about the show today? Like, were you, were you going to cover it no, some? Or no, 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 no. no, 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 no. No, I I rarely cover shows, <coughs> cover shows anymore of that aren't like homie shows. Like I'll cover the homie mm, shows, but right. big stuff I don't really do anymore if I don't have to. If people would finish albums, monk, <laughs> um, then I would cover I would cover homie stuff. But uh, no, the Santi Gold show at Stern Grove today. I have many thoughts. Number one, <coughs> yeah. If you are going to let me bring my own alcohol into Stern Grove Festival, thank you. But also warn a bitch that the fucking hill is so goddamn high. And I have to <laughs> climb after it. I was too drunk. There was too much bourbon in my system to have to yeah. climb this hill. They need a disability shuttle just for the drunk bitches <laughs> after Stern Grove. So that's number one. Number two, Santi Gold was great. I thought that like that show was amazing. I was really surprised at how many folks were there. Um, because yeah, I missed the last couple Stern Groves that I was supposed to be at. Sold out. It was sold out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I got tickets, and like two minutes later, it said it sold out. Oh so, yeah, yeah, damn. Yeah, yeah. So it, you it just casually got your shit, it was super like super quick. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, not casually. I was ready for that okay, shit. Yeah, I had that yeah. alarm set. In oh my phone. yeah. See, I wasn't yeah, ready. Santa Gold yeah. tickets. No. Shout out ready. Archivist. For the ticks, bro. Shout, Shout out, out, bro. Oh, yeah. Archivist is in the building. Yeah. Shout out. Okay. In the building, bro. Yeah, bro. Hook, hook me up, bro. Fucking good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was hella. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> it was hot as Did fuck you see out us there. On the bench, not fucking moving because of that fucking hill. Is that where you saw us? You can tell me. Oh, okay. That would have been really uh, funny because that's where Jima saw us. Yeah, y'all, y'all post up. You're like halfway up the hill. You're like. Right, yeah, you know, like, I'm not even like, like I, I was walking, I was on the phone, and they'd gotten ahead of me, and I was like, "Yo, what the fuck happened to my homies?" And I look, and they're both <laughs> sitting on the bench, like, "Fuck this shit." Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, fuck this shit." Yeah, fuck it. So we started cheering people on as they like walked by. <laughs> We're like, "We believe in you. We yeah. don't believe in us, but we believe in you." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Stern Grove was dope. Santa Gold was dope. I've seen Santa Gold before, but. Yeah, it yeah. was a beautiful the green, setting. The sound was, it was on really point, good. too. Yeah, yeah, the sound was on point. Like, the, it, she sounded clean up there. Great show. I mean, she went over in a fucking hour, you know. Yeah. Like. Perfect weather. Yeah, yeah I, came I was from baking. Sacramento. I was baking. It's 108 degrees in yeah. Sacramento. Yeah, I was rotisserie for show. Yeah. Oh, you got you got up in the trees. Yeah, no, I sat. I literally had, like, a whole canopy of trees. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, see, I was yeah. out in one of those, like, uh, kind of, like, on 
No. By the road there, like the path there, and I was just baking in the oh, sun. Oh, no, yeah. We yeah, snuck yeah. into VIP, and then we sat, like, right in the corner under all yeah. the trees and stuff <laughs> like that. And then, like, right as we were about, like, right as we were leaving, Pantagol was like, okay, everybody come up on stage. And I was like, bro, we got to go back. <laughs> so we didn't make it on Did stage. We were like four people. Yeah, we were like four people away from getting on stage, but we stood right there. Yeah, and I was talking to the security guard. I was like, how much do you hate your job right now? He goes, bro, I fucking hate it right now. Bro, I want to go home. I was like, I know. I'm sorry, man. I feel bad for you, bro. Right. He looks so... He looked so mad, and the amount of, like, hipster bitches that he had to tell, no, you're not getting on stage, was so funny. <laughs> so that, for me alone, was worth it. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, no, the show was great, you know, but, no, I wasn't covering it. I just, I needed to get out of Sacramento. It was hot as shit. It's, like, 112 degrees right Whoa. now. So I'm, I'm glad to be here. I have a jacket. It is. I know. Bruh, why, yeah. Pe- people think I live here, and I'm like, no, bro, it's just that it's hot in Sacramento. I got to be here for at least three months. It's not that I live here. But yeah. So that's that's a good uh, transition into my next question, Uh-oh. which is music. I want to focus a little more on the music tip that okay. we were talking about, right? So you had mentioned Digital Underground, Tupac. Yeah were kind of your your ones that that made you fall in love with the with the culture with hip-hop um what are your favorite albums i'm gonna ask you albums uh you know those albums that you listened to way back then when you first heard digital underground tupac was it the sex packets was it tupacalypse now you know what are those albums that you heard back then when you really discovered it and were like this is the shit well tupacalypse now is definitely a major one okay um Trapped, like his single Trapped. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I know that it wasn't like a major, major single compared to some of the other stuff that he had on the album, but when he doesn't, mm-hmm. as it turns out. <laughs> um, no, so uh, Tupacalypse was definitely one of them. Um, even though this wasn't an album, I will say that Nate Dogg had a big influence on why I loved hip-hop yeah, like, at, yeah. at an early age. Um I like I used to tell folks that there was something like in my head that I wanted hip hop to sound like and I could never figure it out because I'm not a musician. It's just not in me like that. But like Nate Dogg kind of embodied that like weird like in between where he was R&B and hip hop at the same time and anything he touched was like gold. So anything Nate Dogg did was another reason that I really. Yeah, yeah, artists, yeah. artists, artists, albums, yeah, songs. Yeah, what you saw, yeah, Nate, Nate Dog. Nate Dog was was a huge reason. Um, honestly, Regulators was a huge reason. Okay. When I first, when I was wow. really young, that I first got into hip hop, that was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what. I I'm trying. I'm really trying to think what year that was. Was that like ninety four? Ninety four. 94? 94, right? I, think. I feel like it was ninety four. Okay, so I was like eleven. Um, damn. Okay, let's, let's. Can we strike that from the record? I don't, I don't <laughs> we'll edit it. We'll edit that out. People know we'll how edit old I that am. out. No, <laughs> yeah, I was negative born, but uh, no, I like Nate Dogg in general was like yeah. huge. And interestingly enough, let me tell you my Nate Dogg story because I have a Nate Dogg story. Oh, please. So, um, for those that know me really well, they know that I bounced around a lot when I was like young. So as soon as I left high school and dropped out, I dipped all over. One of the places that I randomly knew 
was Los Angeles. It was in uh, this suburb called Lakewood, which is Long Beach adjacent, but not really. Like, there's really not a lot in Lakewood. But one of the things that was in Lakewood was Nate Dogg's baby mama. So, <laughs> so Nate Dogg's baby mama lived next door to me when I lived in no. Lakewood. No, I'm not. I swear to God, bro. I swear. I sw- and it wasn't my house. Like, let me, for the record, it was, it was like a boyfriend's house. I was living with him at the time. Because Nate Dogg came to the fucking house to visit the goddamn baby mama. <laughs> and I, yeah. So I was sitting outside. The baby on the mama, porch. not the baby? Not, no, not the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Who here for the baby? Right. No, I can't speculate. I can't. I don't, yeah, I don't know what that, I don't know what Nate Dogg was there for. Let me not speculate. But what I do know is one day I was sitting outside with my, with my partner at the time. And I'm like sitting there and I looked and this big ass SUV pulls up all black, tinted windows, and this dude pops out. And I was like, is that Nate Dogg? And I, I was like smacking my dude. I'm like, bro, is that Nate Dogg walking out of the fucking car right now? He was like, yeah, calm down. Because like he'd lived there for a minute. So okay. he knew Nate Dogg's baby mama lived there. He was like, calm the fuck down. I was like, fuck you, that's Nate Dogg. I'm not calming the fuck down. He's like, what are you talking about? So then... Okay. That's also. his bad for not telling you right. beforehand that fucking Nate Dog's baby mama bitch, is his neighbor, bro. Like, yeah, bitch, that, by that's, the way. That's top story right I'm there. I'm not going to tell nobody just in case Nate Dog pops up yeah, across the goddamn dude, way. So so Nate Dog's baby mama lived across, or lived next door. <laughs> so he rolled up one day. And not only did he roll up, but I swear to God, it was like this man did not, and God rest his soul, I don't know what his baby mama's like, but he did not want to come to the house by himself he always had a homie with him i don't speculate as to why i don't ask questions but all i know is he always had a homie with him so the first time it was nocturnal i don't know if you all remember nocturnal because this that boy you call knock like if you you know him right yeah so the first time he rolled up he had nocturnal and i was like eh, you know like eh, like nay dog was the big deal right but bro bef- right before i moved to mexico he rolled up with Dr. Dre. And I almost had, and I was outside, and I almost had, like, I almost peed my pants. Like, he, can't, I he, almost, he brought Dr. Dre to go visit his baby he mama? He brought Dr. Dre to go visit his baby mama. <laughs> come with me, bro. Right. He's like, yo, Dre, he, I need you to slap a bitch up for me. Hand. He was like, nah, bro. I need you to come with me. Bring your pimp hand. I need it to be strong. I am not dealing with her. I don't it's know. It's the new Michelet. Anyway, right. I don't, again, I do not speculate. Or, nor do I say that I know why he brought Dr. Dre. But I do know that Dr. Dre, right. I do know Dr. Dre has a strong hand. It's, and so my point is, so the last time that he rolled up, he brought Dr. Dre, and I almost had a heart attack. Like, I almost, like, freaked out. Now, in between all of these baby mama visits, I had eventually introduced myself to Nate Dogg. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to let this man keep walking up next door and not be like, that would be weird. Right, right, right. Like, hey, I'm Liv. Live over at hey, 7E. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Right. You're like, oh, are you know somebody here? Oh, right. you need to get in? Are you, right, are you looking for a new baby mama? Like, what is it exactly that you need right now? I'll provide whatever, eggs, sugar, baby mama, whatever. Like, but no. He so, brought Dr. J to scope his next project. Right. Like, <laughs> so in between all that time, I'd introduced myself, but when he brought Dr. Dre, I was like, 
Oh my god. So I almost like freaked out and like kind of like peed myself a little. Not really, but I wanted to because I was super excited. And I like ran inside and like changed clothes because I was like, I refuse. <laughs> I will not meet Dr. Dre and Nate Dogg in these raggedy ass fucking <laughs> clothes. I gotta go change real quick. So I ran back inside. Anyway, my point is is like Nate Dogg made a huge impact on no, no, he was still there. I met Dr. Dre. It was a beautiful time. I've met I because of Nate Dogg's <laughs> baby mama, shout out to Nate Dogg's baby mama. But because of Nate Dogg's baby mama, I've met Nocturnal, Dr. Dre, and Snoop Dogg because he brought Nate Dogg brought all of them to <laughs> What what did you what would you say to them like when you actually met them? What did you say? So I'm okay. And she can tell you. Vanessa can tell you because she's seen me around people that are like quote unquote famous. And I refuse to be that person that like freaks out. So I'm always like, hey, what's up? Like I'm just an asshole. I'm like I pretend like I'm cool when I'm really not. But so I don't. You, like you, I just like, hey, what's up, bro? You like, ran in, know? changed like, your clothes, yeah. looked hella different. Like I really like, yeah, I just. <laughs> like oh yeah, I wrote about your show. Yeah, like, no, 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 biggie, no biggie. Oh, this whole thing. Yeah, this whole thing. I just happen to have that on. Like, but I was that. I, I'm still that asshole where I'm like, hey, what's up? But I won't. Yeah, right, right. I feel I feel yeah. so like. I, well, I will say this though. I will. Yeah, as much as much as like I try really hard not to like be a fangirl. I will say this when I interviewed David Banner, that was the first time that I like really like admitted that I was like, bruh, I've had a crush on you since yeah. I was like sixteen, bro. I'm not even gonna play with you. Yeah, yeah. Let me shoot my shot really quick. Shout out to David Banner. He and I are still friends. So, like, it worked. Like, you know, the shot worked in and of itself. But, yeah, no, like, it was made, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Nate Dogg, back to what I was saying. Nate Dogg was one of the big reasons that I that I became a fan of hip-hop, Tupac, and Digital Underground. But, truly, it was a lot of the it was a lot of the Digital Underground and Tupac influence that, like, solidified me. I grew up in Oak Park as a kid. Oak Park loved Tupac. Shout out Oak Park. Shout out Oak Park. I, we were there on... The in Sacramento, we were there. We uh, Z-Man did a uh, signing right there at the That's store. Legitimately, like two blocks away from where I grew up. And it's just like when we were there, it's it's you know it's I I could tell it's gentrified. You Super know what I'm saying? Like that gentrified. used to be like the mission. That, that's what people were telling. That, that used to be mission. like the mission yeah, Tenderloin yeah, yeah, Bayview yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. district. Yeah, but when yeah. I was there, like all the stores are hella yeah. nice. But let me tell you, it was I did see a lot of black-owned businesses up in the mix in yeah, there. Yeah, sure. Sure. There are a lot of black owned businesses. <laughs> there's also a lot of white people walking their dogs. So it just balances on both sides. Like there's there's definitely a lot of black owned businesses, but in the same way that like I was the brown person at the newspaper I worked at. It's very token. You know what I mean? Like it's very like, look, we got one, guys. Like it's very <laughs> much like that. Not that, that that doesn't like in any way take away from the businesses that are in Oak Park because the businesses in are in Oak Park are dope. Like there's some native soul in Oak Park. There's display in Oak Park, which is Rashawn. Shout out to him. There's a lot of folks in Oak Park that are trying really hard to keep it as close to Oak Park as what it used to be. But the people that are but the people from the Bay Area that are buying a lot of the property are 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 taking are taking that and what what are your grub spots out there in Oak Park? Uh, the okay, I'll be honest with you. I can cook, so I don't go to a lot of places. Cause yeah, 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 yeah. You tengo comida en la casa. Like I got home, I got food at home. Like I got food at home. So, but 
But I will say that there is a spot in, in Oak Park called 3200 Broadway or Classy Hippie. It's like a, a tea shop. It's a black-owned tea shop. He's one of the first, like, black sommeliers for tea because he's so, like, ingrained in what the healing properties of tea are. That's about the only spot that I go to when I'm in Sacramento. Otherwise, I can cook. I don't really need a restaurant to to take care of me too much. But She makes Everything. good food. She makes good food. I make good food. Uh, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. I had her mac and cheese. My it's mac and good. cheese is bomb. My pupusas are bomb. She can tell you. Oh. Monk can tell you, even though Monk's not here right now. First of all, can I can I can I talk shit about Monk really quick? Let's talk shit about Monk. Fuck Monk. Okay. <laughs> no, you go. You gonna agree with me? Just, just wait. So, I love the Bay Area, as mm-hmm. you guys know. You guys, the Bay has like joint custody of me, and I love a lot of the artists here, including Oz, obviously. Jima, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and one of the homies. Monk, who allegedly has finished his album. That's what he told me. And he said he wasn't going to come tonight because he has to master his album. So he should be listening right now if he's not in a studio session. And he's supposed to be mastering his album right now. I just wanted to throw that out there. Get those levels Get the fucking levels right. I'm tired of this shit, bro. Anyway, I just wanted to do that really quick. But yeah. Shout out to Monk. Shout out, Monk. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Well, Liv, it's been a lovely evening. We have about 15 or so minutes before we have to get out of here. Uh, Jima, any last questions? Any last uh, wonderings of the amazing Liv Styler? Yeah, who you been slapping recently? Alien Mac Kitty. Woo! Fuck Charles. Fuck Charles. Fuck Charles! <laughs> Carlos, if you want to go bilingual on it. Um, hey, that's my uh, undercover name. Oh, well, then Carlos? fuck you, too. <laughs> that's, my, um, that's my sandwich order name. Right. If you, if you see Martin at a Proud Boys meet, just well, call yeah, him Carlos. Carlos. Don't call him by his Don't government. Don't call him by Martin. Um, yeah, but I've been, sm- I've, been, I've been bumping Alien Mac Kitty lately. Um, this local artist from Sacramento, maybe I'm Yums or Yums Awkward, whatever you want to call him. I bump him a lot. Dre T from Sacramento, I bump a lot. Uh, I I need pause to drop a new album because I was oh. bumping his old album for a while and I've been bumping it for a while, so I need some new stuff. Oh, that man, would be cool. <laughs> Yo, shit, all oh, pause. <laughs> I'm impatient. You made that shit six years ago, right. pause. You've been making it for the <laughs> That's last 24 songs, 24 pause. seconds. Right. <laughs> oh, oh. And another Bay Area artist that I really love that I've been bumping lately is T. Carrier. I don't know if y'all know him or not. Um, he used to be Smoothie Baby back in the day with, like, I Am Sue and all uh, them, but he rebranded. Was he, was he in HBK? He was, like, HBK adjacent. So associated. He was yeah, he was HPK. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. HPK associate. He was he was like adjacent <laughs> to HPK. H- <laughs> Actually, I feel like you know what, let me not say that cuz I feel like honestly, he had a he he may have signed Sage Gemini before Sage got big. Like I don't know. He he has more history than I know, but um I've been bumping him lately, but definitely Alien Mac Kitty. I absolutely love her. Um Good ass live show. I saw her in El Rio not too long ago. Yeah, if you don't know who Alien Mac Kitty is, you're fucking up. Like for real. Like 
real quick before I forget too, I wanted to touch on uh, briefly, uh, kind of also the connection that brought us together, which was Equip though. Oh yeah, him. and you've known, <laughs> and you've you've known him <laughs> for oh, a while. I've known him for a while. Oh yeah, that guy. How did that? How that relationship happen? I know he knew you in your days of writing uh, for the newspaper yeah, that will not be named, and um. So yeah, what's uh what's Actually, up with Queasy? How'd you know him? I met a Quipto through Shantae, and Shantae is one of the homies that was leading the, the team that I was like, okay, you're gonna do photography, you're gonna do social media. Shantae was social media. She had known Quip, um, cause she used to do hip hop shows in Sacramento. I didn't live in Sacramento for a long time. I moved around a lot, so she was connected to the Sac and Bay scene far more than I was when I moved back to California. She introduced me to him. He introduced me to Zumbi. Zumbi introduced me to all y'all. So it just kind of like, it was like a big domino effect. But that's how I know Quipto. Oh, wow. Zo- uh, Queasy introduced you to Zumbi? Que- Queasy was the one who like put me and Zumbi in a room together. Yeah. Oh. Like, yeah, he was the reason. I, I met Zumbi initially because of Rich, the guy that handed me the blog when I first started becoming a journalist. Um, and Zumbi actually did a so far. So he came out to Sacramento and did a big so far sound show for me. Um, and that was the first time I met him. But like we really became connected over time through Quip. Zumi and I had actually met like on accident at a concert of his that I went to, but we really became connected just like real quick. So it kinda all came full circle when Shante And now I'm stuck with all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're here on and Old Soul Radio. I'm Mutiny Radio. Are there are there any shows you're looking forward to going to? Um, I was really looking forward to Absol, but I fucking missed it. Oh. Um, what happened? Um, my car happened. It decided yeah. to not be a car. Yeah. I feel it. My car decided to be a lawn ornament instead of a car, <laughs> <laughs> and so it did not go anywhere. Um. I was so I have absolute, I have absolute lyrics tattooed on my head, and my homie, it's the shoot for the moon but keep a gun around. So my homie Gerald, shout out Gerald, is the booker at New Parish. So I was like, bro, let me get, let me get, let me get absolute to sign my head really quick, and then I was gonna have my tattoo artist tattoo his, yeah, but I missed the whole shit. So I was looking forward to that, but I'm not anymore. Um, That's I not your fault, it's not. Yeah, yeah, fuck the cars. Yeah. Cars are trash. Pause <laughs> notes. Yeah. Yeah. Whitey. Whitey, no. <laughs> R.I.P. Whitey. Whitey. Don't say that. Come back. I'm Whitey. not ready. Not R.I.P. I'm G. not ready. They gonna find God, Whitey in the ditch in Richmond. <laughs> have faith, my guy. My guy. Have faith. You gonna find it broken down on the San Mateo Bridge, bro? Maybe this is where white privilege kicks in. Like someone's gonna find your. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what we can pray for. We knew. We knew it. Right. I know. That's why. There's a couple. There's three white guys. Big heads on the sticker. Bag hops on the sticker and Bry. There's two white people on the sticker. They're gonna see the three. They're gonna see the sticker. They'll be like, oh, this is an artist, bro. We gotta get his car back. Yeah, Gable. I forget Gable's white. All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm Me like, too. he's got to be Mexican. G- Gable's um, grandfathered BIPOC. <laughs> 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 
He with the shits. <laughs> he with the shits. <laughs> but yeah, I can't. I, I can't think of what else I'm I'm looking forward to. Um, I had tickets to Dedenna. The shit got canceled. Um, oh wait, wasn't there? What's that bay one that's supposed to be happening? Like the Loonies. History and of the Bay. Thank you. Yes. Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Here's my problem. <laughs> we'll talk about this Am later, I, bro. I was going to say, put me off there, bro. No, 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 no. no. We're going to talk, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. talk about this later. We're going to talk about this later. Sit on a song real quick so I can talk about my problem. We're going to talk about We're going to cut really the We're going to end the show right here. We cut this shit early. <laughs> we cut this shit early. Yo, you're going to tell us so we can put it in a verse. Put it in a verse. <laughs> right. Come well, up with a verse. Right. Take, right. <laughs> That is a that is a dope lineup. That the, is a dope is a lineup. Dope lineup. But man, do I not fuck with the person that was throwing that. <laughs> fuck, I don't like that dude. Anyway, anyway, we gonna Anywho, take that off the air. Yeah. Um, we'll edit that out. <laughs> this is not a reflection of yeah. Mutiny Radio does not approve or deny <laughs> yes, any of the opinions that, that Liv Styler has given. Cool. You're not covering the show. So okay, good. Yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. We're good. We're good. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anywho. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah. Liv Styler, where finally before you we let you go here, where can we find you? We need no to way. know Don't where your your no writings are. No one needs Undercover to find names, oh, yeah. espionage code. What is your If you, you know? don't know me, don't find me. <laughs> That's Pretty much how. No, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Liv Styler. Like that's pretty much my name on everything. The Liv Styler. Sorry, thank you. She's a good best friend. The yes. Liv Styler. But really, the one don't and only. Me. Yeah, the one and only. There is another one that's not me, but that was just someone that faked my shit. So anyway, well, fuck yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, fuck that one. <laughs> I'm the only one. But yeah, you can find me wherever. But really, don't find me. I don't post shit. It's not that exciting. <laughs> That's a lie. She posts yeah. her whole life. No, she uh, <laughs> Catch Liv uh, at the History of the Bay show, <laughs> repping. <laughs> Take me off air, goddammit. And on that note. <laughs> Take me off air. Also, radio, <laughs> final hour coming next with the archivist and friends. Liv Styler, never to be invited back again. <laughs> Liv Styler, you're always welcome here. Please come back. I love you. We definitely going to have a part two now. Part definitely two, part two. <laughs> right. We didn't know the story, but seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the juiciness. This is the meat yeah, and the potatoes, I guess. But also, the eight minutes we got left ain't right. enough, you know? Boo, Jags won. All right, all right. I'm out. Also, radio, MC Pause. <laughs> DJ Jima. Liz Styler. Oh, yeah, me too. Vanessa. Oh, her too. Cousin. Cousins? Everybody. Peace. Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good, too. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steel if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night. A clear white moon. Warren G was on the streets. Trying to consume some skirts for the E. 
so I can get some phones rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Seen a car full of girls, ain't no need to tweak. All of you search know what's up with 213. So I hook select on 21 and Lewis, some brothers shooting dice. So I said, let's do this. I jumped out the rock and said, what's up? Some brothers pulled some gats, so I said, I'm stuck. These girls peeping me, I'm gonna glide and swerve. These hookers looking so hard, they straight hit the curve. Want to make a better thing? Than some horny tricks I see my homie and some suckers all in his mix I'm getting jacked, I'm breaking myself I can't believe they taking Warren's wealth They took my rings, they took my Rolex I looked at the brother, said damn what's next They got my homie hemmed up and they all around Can't none of them see him if they going straight down for pound They wanna come up real quick before they start to clown I best pull out my strap and lay them busters down They got guns to my head, I think I'm going down I can't believe it's happening in my own town If I had wings I would fly, let me contemplate I glance in the cut and I see my homie Nate Sixteen in the clip and one in the hole Nate Dogg is about to make some bodies turn cold Now they dropping and yelling, it's a tad bit late Nate Dogg and Warren G had to regulate Switching my mind back into freak mode If you won't skirt, sit back and observe I just left a gang of those over there on the curb Now they got the freaks and that's a known fact Before I got jacked, I was on the same track Back up, back up, cause it's on N-A-T-E and me The warrant to the G Just like I thought, they were in the same spot In need of some desperate help But Nate Dogg and the G-Child Were in need of something else One of them Sexy as hell, I said, ooh, I like your size She said my chords broke down and just sing real nice Would you let me ride? I got a car full of girls and it's going real swell The next stop is the east side motel G-Funk, step to this, I dare ya Funk, on a whole new level The rhythm is the bass Whoa. and the bass is the treble Chords, strings, we brings melody G-Funk, where rhythm is life and life is rhythm If you know like I know, you don't want to step to this It's the G-Funk era, funked out with a gangster twist If you smoke like I smoke, then you high like every day. And if your ass is a buster, 213 will regulate.
the fighting and fussing. You know I'm only fucking with you. I was only thinking if I could, I'd take it everywhere. But you know I can't do nothing with you. You know I can't do nothing with you. Know I never looked as good as I do, and it's the truth. Yeah. No bullshit, I'm nothing without you. I should take this on and pawn it at the auction. I don't need it, I'ma slay this bitch and take it shopping. Cause what good is any heart if it can break in pieces? I would rather have no feelings than cry in the sobbing. When I met you, I was broke as a rope on a faucet. I had dreams that I would blow like a Nintendo cartridge. I was hungry, I was dirty, I needed a shower. Said you fed me and you clothe me, you packed me a sack lunch. Papa said when I get older, get a girl like your mama. But I'm 20 years old and running out of options. How I'm supposed to trust you? Ain't you one of them ones try to run up pose for the perfect picture? Upload and post it question. Is you with me or not? I'm from the city where they wear bikinis in the water drought. But I'm used to having cyclones blown in and out of my life. So it's no biggie and you need time to figure it out. With all the kissing and touching, the biking and tucking. You know, you know I love you. You know I know I love you. And all the spitting and cursing, the biking and fussing. You know I'm only fucking with you. And I was only thinking if I could. I take it everywhere. You know I can't do nothing with you. No, I can't do nothing with you. I never looked as good as I do, and it's the truth. No bullshit. I'm nothing without you. You know you wrong, shit. You out of pocket. Remember you was couch surfing. You ain't have a casa. Had me casa. I would 